You're now tuned in to 105 Live. Hip hop and RB lives right here. Life changed when you famous. I remember back before the change we was nameless. Went through stages just to hop on new stages. Open up your eyes, man, they only entertain. And I cannot sell my soul. And I cannot sell my soul. I'm the one that was chose All of my friends love the gangbang How we in my car and you say we ain't in the same lane When we both had pellies on and we was scamming for the prime Before chief keepers bang bang Always had mob ties, stood on my six points How could I not rise? Love, truth, peace, freedom, justice, but I'm not five This south side, and we outside 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 And for all the guys that went to the White House And said free the old man Every day I put my life on the line to feed the whole clan Personal worth is not what a person is worth I could give a dollar to every person on earth Man, it's gotta be God's plan Man, I swear these boys keep We gon' have to square up then we Yes have indeed, to we're back with another great show We're 105.1 Live Listen, on today's show, we got a lot of different things to tap into, tap into. Uh, From the NBA We had Dame Lillard go crazy we got a little bit of Duke versus Carolina talk. That's that's matchup too for the men. It's coming up this weekend. We're gonna discuss the women's ACC tournament that will be starting tomorrow in, at the Greensboro Coliseum. We're gonna talk a little bit of NFL and some of the moves that went down as far as uh, release uh, and cuts. And then we're gonna be interviewing a champion, CIAA champion Samaj Till, went to Salem State University. Stay tuned for that at 6:30. Uh, make sure to tell everybody about this that you know make sure we get all the rams in here for sure and uh so again without further ado let's go ahead and get into it damian lillard portland trailblazers point guard 71 points this sunday again 71 points in one game by one player dame lillard was on another level he played 39 minutes he was 22 of 38 from the floor 13 of 22 from three and he also gave you six rebounds and six assists. So, 
I mean, and that was a game they won by 17 points. So I think if he, you know, has to really shoot a little bit more, I think he could have went for 80. But, you know, it was a game that they kind of won handedly. And uh, also in the second half, they started to trap him and try to get the ball out of his hands, which is something that they should have did in the first quarter. When a person has, you know, 20 points in the first quarter, you should say to yourself, I got to figure out what to do about this uh, because he, he's not playing any games today. So I wanted to shout out Dame Lillard for that amazing performance. We know scoring 60, 70 points in the NBA game was not easy to do. Uh, it has not been done very much at all. And we know that he's one of those guys that he can get hot as fish grease. You know, it's not very many people in the league that can get as hot as Dame. And the thing about him that makes him so special is his range. He's not only somebody that can shoot the three, but he can shoot it from deep. I'm talking about near half court. So you got to guard him pretty much as soon as he comes over the half court line. So that's the Damian Lillard spiel. Uh, we had the Atlanta Hawks hire Quinn Snyder. That's the former Utah Jazz coach. Uh, to a five-year deal as we talked about last week they cut or fired uh, Nate McMillan as head coach as they had been really struggling heading into the all-star weekend uh, so they decided to move on and hire Quinn Snyder uh, I think that's a good hire Quinn Snyder has shown that he's a competent coach uh, I think he will be able to gain the respect from the players and uh, hopefully turn around that team because they have the talent on that roster when you talk about Trey Young uh, DeJounte Murray, John Collins, got Clint Capella, who's still man in the paint, you know, getting you double-doubles. Uh, we got some people like A.J. Griffin off the bench. So they have enough talent to be a better team than they've been so far this season. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Quinn Snyder is able to do with that club. Now we get to some bad news as far as the NBA goes. You had some injuries take place. Um, LeBron James. We know LeBron James recently became the NBA's all-time leading scorer. He's uh, regarded as the best, uh, one of the best players of all time, you know, pretty much in everybody's top three that knows what they're talking about. Um, but he did suffer a foot injury this weekend, um, and it does not look great. It looks like he's going to miss at least two weeks. He'll, re he'll be reevaluated after two weeks. And the thing about it is the Lakers can't afford for him to be out because there's only 21 games left in the season. They're the 12th seed currently, and they're but they're only two games from the 7th seed, which is a good thing. So if you're the Lakers, you have to say to yourself, can we go 500? Can we figure out how to go 500 while he's out for these two to three weeks, which may be, I guess that's about probably eight or nine of those games. Um, the Lakers just got to figure out how to stay afloat. Can they stay close enough to where when he comes back, you have enough uh, games and enough time to make up that gap. But uh, LeBron, we know he's getting older in year 20. And so those injuries are starting to come often. And, uh, you know, it's hard to overcome that. Father Time is undefeated. He's playing great. But the injuries is the difference that you see with LeBron at this age. When he was younger, he didn't have these injuries. You know, he was pretty much healthy. But the last four or five years, I mean, it's always something. So wishing LeBron a speedy recovery. Hoping the Lakers can, like I said, go at least 500 or so while he's out and stay afloat. The next person that got hurt, unfortunately, was LaMelo Ball for the Charlotte Hornets. He suffered a, fr a fractured right ankle and a non-contact injury this week. So that's the thing about sports, man. You Sometimes you just don't even know what to say or what to do. I mean, this was an injury that just was freak. I mean, it was random. You know, nobody hit him. Nobody undercut him. 
It was nothing like that. He just was dribbling, and he backed up, and his leg gave out. And so now he's going to miss the rest of the season with a fractured right ankle. It's not a huge deal when you talk about the Hornets' point of view. I mean, of course, you want to see a player like him on the court uh, doing what he loves. But from the Hornets' perspective, it's not a big deal because they're not a good team. They're not, you know, it's not like they're competing to make the playoffs or, you know, thinking they're going to do something in the playoffs. So really, you know, it's not a huge deal when it comes to that. But hoping that La uh, LaMelo Ball is able to get healthy, uh, be 100% going into next year. Uh, because we know that that family has really struggled. When you talk about Lonzo Ball, his older brother, he's got, you know, bad knee injuries, and he can't stay on the court. I mean, it's just it's something about those those legs, those knees of theirs. They can't stay healthy. Uh, but LaMelo, uh, get well soon. Hope you'll be back 100% next year because he's a very promising young player in the NBA. So let's talk a little bit about Duke versus Carolina. We know that that's one of the greatest rivalries in sports. Uh, it's, it just is. Uh, so in February, February the 4th, they played their first game. The men, uh, Duke won that game 63-57. to 57. Uh, It was a nip and tuck game pretty much the whole way. Uh, yeah, I mean, both teams kind of struggled to shoot the ball. You know, it was lower scoring. Uh, but Duke was able to make enough plays in the end to come out with the win. So this Saturday, we will have part two of that rivalry this year. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what takes place. Will Duke be able to win both games, or is Carolina going to split? You know, Duke is finally healthy. They got everybody. When you talk about Whitehead, uh, Jeremy Roach, uh, Carolina, who has been pretty uh, terrible all year. They have looked better in their last two games, two wins, uh, especially beating Virginia, uh, who was a team that, as long as you can score on Virginia, you're going to beat them because Virginia's not able to score points. They, I mean, they play so slow, so methodical. Um, so Carolina, like I said, has looked better the last two games. But it's going to be that, that rivalry, part two of the rivalry this year. You know, who's going to come out on top? I think a couple keys to the game for Duke would be uh, to contain Armando Bancott the way we did in game one. You know, he had a good first half, but in the second half, Derek Lively had him shut down, had him locked up. Like Akon said, it won't let me out. Uh, that's what happened. Um, and so that's going to be pivotal. You know, you can't let him have one of those 2020 games. Um, what what team shows up for Carolina when it comes to shooting the three ball? Caleb Love or R.J. Davis? You know, are they able to shoot and make threes or are they struggling? That's going to be another key factor uh, for either side of the ball. I think that Flip, Kyle Flip, Flip Kowski, I think he's going to have to Play big. You know, he's going to have to be efficient, effective. Uh, don't be afraid to get into the paint and try to get to the line, attack. You know, that's what you want to do to Carolina. Get them in the bonus. Get them in foul trouble. Because stats tell you, if you can outshoot Carolina at the free throw line, you're going to win. They're a team that normally dominates that, that category. So, those, those are some of my keys to the game. I think it's going to be another good game, of course. I mean, it's a rivalry. Uh, and Carolina has something to play for. I think they're in the tournament now as a result of the last two games. But they still have work to do if they want to try to get their seating a little bit up. Um, so, again, this this Saturday we will see part two of the Duke versus Carolina matchup. Uh, we shall see what takes place, who gets the win. The next thing that we're going to talk about is the women's ACC tournament. Again, the women's ACC tournament will be starting on this week. Uh, Wednesday, March 1st, actually tomorrow. At the Greensboro Coliseum. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what takes place at that tournament. Uh, Carolina women beat Duke this weekend uh, for the second time. I was very disappointed in Duke. Um, as Duke is the better team, but for whatever reason, they can't make shots against Carolina, they're, and they're very sloppy. I mean, anytime you have 25 turnovers in a college basketball game, you're asking for a loss. So Duke has got, got work to do, um, but they got an opportunity, another opportunity to get back on the court this week and see what they're going to be able to do. Um, so again, if you're in the Greensboro area and you're able to attend the ACC tournament, uh at the Greensboro Coliseum starting on tomorrow and wrapping up on Sunday. Uh, make your way to the Coliseum and uh, support the ladies. You know, and uh, I will say as a Duke fan, I am a fan of Deja Kelly. I, I don't want to really say that on the air, but I'm going to say it. Deja Kelly is one of those uh, Carolina, very few Carolina Tar Heels that I'm a fan of. Uh, as she's a baller and, uh, you know, very likable. So... Again, the ACC tournament will take place starting on Wednesday, March 1st, and conclude on Sunday, March 5th. Before we get into a little bit of NFL talk, I need everybody to take a minute to make sure that you're following the podcast, whether that's uh, the Twitter account, it's Timeout Sports 3. Uh, make sure to follow the Instagram, which is Timeout Sports with two underscores. Then you have uh, us on Spotify and iTunes. Again, Time Out Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow us there and stay in the loop. Um, and also, make sure to follow my brand page. I just started a new clothing brand. This is for all of the dreamers. This is for all of the entrepreneurs. Whether you're a photographer, whether you're a rapper, singer, athlete, you know, just a business person. You know, this dream, this uh, business is called Millionaire in the Making. And, and that means to me that every day is a part of the process. You know, you might not be a millionaire today, but it only takes one call. It only takes one person looking out for you. You know, one decision, one thing taking place, and you could be one tomorrow. So that's what that brand is for me. You know, it encourages me to keep going and uh, not to cheat the process because sometimes you're going to be uh, down and you're going to be out. But if you throw in the towel, you're going to lose. As long as you don't throw in the towel, you're going to win. So make sure to follow the page. On Instagram, it's at MITM, the brand. And, uh, you know, follow us there. The merch is available. T-shirts are available. Uh, so support and uh, tell your friends and family about it. So NFL, we got a little bit of things to t- discuss about as far as the NFL goes. Uh, we had some some cuts take place, you know, as this is the offseason, but this is time for teams to figure out whether they want to keep certain players or whether they want to move on. And so my Washington Commanders did decide to move on from quarterback Carson Wentz after just one season. Uh, this move will save the Washington Commanders $26.176 million on the salary cap this offseason. Wentz had two years remaining on his contract, but had no guaranteed money. The Commanders also got rid of uh, defensive back Bobby McCain which will save them $2.32 million on the salary cap. So when you talk about Carson Wentz, I agree with this decision. Uh, I was very disappointed in his performance last year. Um, you know, he's a player at this point that's just damaged goods. In Philly, he was a good quarterback before he got hurt. Um, now it seems as if he's lost his confidence. Uh, he doesn't really want to run. And he's not a great athlete, but he's not a bad athlete. So I don't understand why he doesn't take off more often. And get those yards because when you're a quarterback and you run the football effectively, it keeps the defense honest. 
And so Carson Wentz was very disappointing this year for the Washington Commanders. Um, and so I, I do approve of this move, getting rid of him. Um, it's being said that Sam Howell out of Carolina will be uh, going into training camp as quarterback one, which means it's no lock that he's going to start. But he's being looked at right now as quarterback one. And so you still have Heineke, Taylor Heineke on the roster right now. I would honestly get rid of him too, uh, but I don't think they will. They'll probably just try to keep him as the quarterback three. But what I would do if I'm Washington, I'm looking at another quarterback. I'm looking to see if I can get a Jameis Winston. Somebody like that to come in and compete uh, with Sam Howell for the number one job. You know, Jameis Winston is a guy that has all the talent in the NFL. You know, he's a top 10 quarterback when you talk about talent. Pure talent in the NFL, he's he's able to play. But, you know, interceptions and fumbles has been his problem for the majority of his career. But uh, I think that, you know, since the eye surgery and uh, – realizing that how important the ball is i think he's going to be a better quarterback going forward so i would definitely love to see washington get him for the low and uh have a quarterback competition between him and sam howell you also had a storyline in the nfl when it comes to byron jones this is dolphins quarterback byron jones now he said that he's no longer able to run or jump due to injuries he posted a social media post on Saturday and said he can't run or jump because of injuries suffered over the course of his career. He missed all of last season because of surgery on his Achilles tendon. And he said that it was an honor and privilege to play in the NFL, but it became but it came at a regrettable cost. So, I mean, there's some confusion there. Was that a retirement post or I mean, was it something he was just uh, confused about? You know, he was just kind of letting out. I, I don't really know. Uh, somebody on an article says that Jones is not retiring, according to ESPN. So if he's not retiring, that whole soliloquy didn't really make sense. But I do understand his position as far as the NFL. I mean, it's it's the most uh, physically grueling sport that's when it comes to your body. Um, and that's why you have to take care of your body in ways that you can you have to use that money and be wise hire that physical therapist uh you know hire trainers that can help you nutritionists you know use that money don't be out here blowing your money and also put up some of that money be smart with your chicken as marshawn lynch calls it because there's gonna come a day and you don't necessarily know when that day is you might be forced off the field or you might just say man i can't do it anymore but there's gonna come a day and it might be three years into your career. Or it might be 15. But you got to be smart with your money, uh, especially as an NFL player, because it is such a grueling sport. So, I think that, um, again, Byron Jones is not retiring, according to him. So now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the offseason. You also had today Leonard Fournette, Buccaneers quarterback, uh, not quarterback, excuse me, running back Leonard Fournette, was cut by the Bucks this uh, on today. Well, it actually won't be official to March 15 when the season, the league year starts, but it was announced that he's going to be cut. Um, and I think that's a move that I'm not surprised by when you think about Tom Brady retiring. Um, you know, that team is not going to be very good this year. And so I'm not surprised that they decided to move on for Leonard Fournette. He's a guy that's still uh, pretty young or young enough to do some things in the NFL, but I don't know how serious he's taking his condition and his body. 
Um, I think, you know, he's been overweight the last couple of years. Um, and it led to, you know, it led to injuries. Last year, he says that he was hurt. He was not 100% when on the field. And people don't realize, you know, when you, sometimes you can't around that extra weight. It gives you a greater chance to get hurt. So Leonard Fournette, I think, is going to have to lock back in this summer, take his nutrition uh, serious, and uh, prove to a team that he can be the guy for them. Uh, even if it's like a 1A, 1B situation, I don't know if anybody's going to give him a chance to be a workhorse back at this point. But if he can go somewhere and, like I said, be like the 1B or the 1A and kind of get 10 carries while another back gets 10 carries, well, that can be something that he can do effectively. Uh, Tennessee Titans, excuse me, not Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts uh, offensive lineman Austin Blythe retired from the NFL today after seven seasons. He posted on Instagram, the last seven years have been nothing short of amazing. For a short, unathletic, undersized kid from Iowa, I played a lot of football, met countless coaches and teammates that I can call friends and made enough memories for myself and my family to last a lifetime. I am so grateful and extremely blessed to have played the game for any amount of time, let alone seven years. So there we go. 30 years of age, retiring from football. I don't even think he was hurt, but he just decided to move on. And so hopefully he's a guy that took care of his money um, and, and will be able to live a decent life um, as you know, for the rest of his life, because if he's 30 years, 30 years old, he might live 40 or 50 more years, and those NFL checks are done. So, one thing I want you all to learn on this show today is whether it's the NFL or life in general, you know, we got to put up money for a rainy day. If you can save, do that, because you just never know. The, another thing as far as the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. They have not made a decision yet of whether they're going to pick up Tua. Tiger Valor's fifth-year option. Um, I, I don't know what they should do in that situation. If I'm Tua, I would consider retiring, as I've stated on this show before. I just think that your health is more important than football. He's made a lot of money, so he should be good as, as far as that goes. Um, but if you go out there and continue to play football with these concussions, you could end up getting CTE, and he could end up being 27, 28 years old and and be messed up. It's just not worth it. You know, we got 40, 30, 40, 50 years of life potentially left to live. And uh, CTE is a real thing. So I would advise Tua to retire if I was a part of his camp, his, you know, family, friends. But we know the athletes, they love the game. So I don't think he's going to. Um, so we'll see what Miami decides to do as far as Tua Tagovailoa's contract. Um... They got a decision to make when it comes to that. So now we're going to get ready to take a, a couple minute break. Allow you all to enjoy a song um, before we get ready to have an interview with Winston-Salem State University guard Samaj Teal, again, CIAA champion. We got a lot to discuss. So I'll be back momentarily. You're now tuned in to 105 Live. Hip-hop and R&B lives right, 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 right here. It breaks my heart. They ain't believing us. We the best music. They play themselves. Why you hating and being jealous? You could be over here embracing that love. More love, more blessings, more life. God did. You 
either win with us or you watch us win. DJ Khaled. They wanna stop. Ooh. But look at us now. Oh. They counted us out. Time to say they a prayer. didn't think that we would make it up. Oh. They didn't think we would make Praying that I crash But those guys, they don't wanna see you last That take a three million dollars above your tax A tub full of money, I still can't relax Time spinning, Lord forgive me, I'm a sinner Conquer divide Wrong side of the petition, only divine winning Better listen when I tell you how I put time in it Please forgive me, God did So leave me in the dark, swimming with the sharks Dope boy, big calm, still the biggest boss Got a kilo on the plate, send him on the freight Or oh, I could go and buy a bank, I know my money's safe They counted us out They didn't think that we would make it up They didn't believe in us Oh, but I know God did Oh, yes, he did with the corner office I'm at the cap table what the splits is not that cap table boy we live this breezy what the business is we push it 50 like fitting all it's all legitimate he was down 10 for this we just got his 10 back then went back like where the interest is M light up the 03 
We let y'all do the size size, OG for the OGs. Show me out of pocket, talking exotic. You barely been it up behind me. That's another topic. Monogram in my pocket off the red carpet. You see the face I made that night, is that shocking? Ours wasn't great, we even be alive. Gotta be crazy to y'all, we surprised. It's too much how we grew up. Don't even feel real to us. OG sold it, OG called Kingpin. Yes, sir. Champ is here. So we're back. We got WSSU Lord, Samari here on the show. Samari, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. So we got a lot of things to discuss today. We're going to jump into it. So the Rams are again the CIAA champs. Uh, we won in 2020, we won in 2023, and so that's a big deal. Uh, the Rams, yes sir, the Rams played four games in four days. That was a very grueling schedule. Uh, and again, won the CIAA, champ, CIAA championship. Uh, Wednesday, we played St. Augustine, won 65-49. Thursday, you beat uh, Claflin 60-52. Friday, you defeated... Virginia Union 45 to 44 and Saturday you won the championship by beating Lincoln 62 to 57 So just talk a little bit about how that week was down there in Baltimore uh, What were some of the things you got into? Um, the week down there in Baltimore, it was, it was honestly a fun trip for me and my guys uh, We went down there with the mindset that we wanted to win the whole thing and we knew that the role that we had to take, it was going to take us being locked in for seven days. And our coaches told us to prepare for a seven-day trip because they expect us to win it too. And a lot of people didn't expect us to win it or even make it to a championship or even beat class or Virginia Union. So, like, it was, it was really big for us down there because, like, we had gained our confidence back after losing three games. And people was counting us out saying we wasn't going to win or we wasn't good, stuff like that. So, I mean, it was it was definitely a fun experience. Uh, I'm thankful for CIAA and everything they gave us and the Under Armour family and everybody else. Right. So, like you mentioned, we did have a uh, time during the season where you all kind of struggled for a week or so. Uh, what do you think was going wrong during that time period? Uh, mainly, man, I'll just say, God, we wasn't, we wasn't locked in as a whole. We'll have certain guys locked in on one day. And the other five, six guys just on their own, like on their own land. So like, it was kind of, it was kind of hurting the whole team not having all thirteen people locked in. But once we got that win at Wake Forest versus Livingstone, we knew that we had to be locked in if we wanted to win the CI. Absolutely, and I was at that Wake Forest game. Uh, it was a crowd there, forty-five hundred or so people. Um, yeah. You all got that win Like you said It seemed like it really Jump started you back For the CIAA tournament So we're going to talk A little bit about that schedule That I just talked about So you had to play uh, Thursday night at 8.30 And then you turn around And had to play Friday at 2 it, it was supposed to be at 12 But they pushed it back Two hours So I want to ask you How you know how do you Prepare your mind And your body for a turnaround like that, when you're playing a game at 8:30 and you're done about 10:30, shoot, by the time you get back to the dorm, it's you know it's 11, 12 o'clock, and then you got to play again hours later. You know what are some of the things you do to prepare your mind and your body 
so that you can be fresh and uh and ready to rock. Oh, mainly, man. My whole thing was just getting rest after those games and understanding that we put ourselves in this position, so we had to work our way out of it. So honestly, I mean, we we felt like the games were a little crazy to schedule, but we wanted to win them so bad that I just felt like it didn't matter what time we was playing. Like we was already prepared for the next game after we had won the game previous to that. It was like on to the next game. We understood that this, the schedule was a little crazy, but at the end of the day, when you want to win something, you'll do whatever it takes. You have to lose sleep sometimes just for you to win. That's what we had to do. You know? Yeah, you got to be able to, you know, push through no matter what. So when you talk about the game uh, on Friday, where you hit the game winner, walk us through that play. Uh, was that a play call? Did something break down? You know, what what took place there? Um, The play, they actually drove a play for me to feed to the post off the back screen and it just be a layup. But it was a lot of different options to the play. Where, whereas if the pass didn't go to the big man, if that didn't work, I was going to come off another screen. And if they would have stayed with me, I was going to hit Jalen Parker for the three. Or if they didn't, I was going to get to my mid-range, which I did. And honestly, I just put trust in myself. Honestly, like, I knew the last time we played for Gene Union, I missed the game winner. So, like, this time I put it on myself to make sure that I ain't let it happen again. And, like, through that whole game, I just wanted to win. And I knew that was a time where I could really seal the game and honestly move on to a championship. And honestly, beat for Gene Union because that would be my first time ever for beating for Gene Union since I've been at this program. So, honestly, I just had the mindset of, like, give it all you can right here because, like, this is it. If you lose, you go home. So, I knew when I released that ball that it was going there, honestly. Right. So, what did it feel like once the ball officially went in? Uh, of course, it was not – it ended up being the game winner, but the game was not over. So, I'm sure your mindset is like, okay, I made this shot, we're up, but now we got to lock in on defense. Uh, yeah, me – after I hit the shot, uh, if anybody seen the video, I really didn't show no emotion because, like, I knew the game wasn't over. I knew it was still eight seconds left on the clock. And playing a tournament play, anything live would happen. So, like, my main thing was just trying to get my guys to just stay locked in for this eight seconds. And then after that, we can, like, we can celebrate that we beat them. But my main thing was just staying solid. Like, my coaches told me, stay solid for this last eight seconds. After I hit that shot, and that's what my team did. Our main thing was the we knew that we were gonna go to Osborne. So we were gonna we was gonna build a wall in the paint. Either take a charge or just make a force a hard shot for him. And he ended up passing it to somebody that was we labeled as a driver. So he missed it and it was just it was a, it was honestly a relief. I mean I was happy that I hit the game winner, but I was more happier that we actually won as a team. We came together, we stuck together. Because it was some time during that game where we had hit adversity. We couldn't score, like we was turning the ball over and stuff like that. But the guys just stayed together. We just kept encouraging each other. And I just put my trust, put trust in myself. And when I went and hit the shot, I mean, I knew it was good because, I mean, I put the work in every day, every night. I'm in the gym working on things like that. So when games come to a close, I can be the one that closes. Yeah, absolutely. So walk us through Saturday. It's championship day. You know, you're in Baltimore, Maryland for the CIAA Championship. Uh, it's a lot, you know, riding on that. So, 
I, let's talk, I guess, about the bus ride heading there. Was you know, were you very confident? Was the team confident? Was everybody kind of quiet? You know, what was that bus I ride mean, like? Honestly, we didn't even ride the bus because our bus had broke down. So we honestly had to walk to the arena from our hotel. But that whole day, that whole week, pretty much everybody we was kept saying, like, "Bro, this is our chance. We can win it right here." Like we felt, everybody felt like we was gonna win. That's like, all you kept hearing throughout the day. Like we can really win this. Like. Somebody was saying it every five minutes, like, we can really win this. We can really win this. So, like, championship day, for us, we was just mentally locked in. Like, everybody had their headphones in. It wasn't no laughing, no joking. Everybody was just locked in. We was ready for the game to start. And as you can see, when the game started, we started off very good. Because everybody was just locked in the whole time. But, like, on the way to the arena, it was very weird because, like, we had been driving the bus every day. And then the last day, our bus break down, so we had to walk. But I feel like that walk is what really gave us, like, some motivation. And, like, as we walk in there, everybody just thinking, like, it's championship day. Like, it's a chance we can win a ring right here. So I feel like that walk, I feel like everything happened for a reason. I feel like God gave us that walk for a reason. To see something different before we walked in that gym instead of having to get on the bus. Yeah, I, I can feel that. So, for those that did, didn't get the chance to watch the game or really see the score, like you said, y'all started out very good uh, in the first half. You were playing great ball. Uh, was up 11 points at halftime. You know, all of the Ram fam, including myself, we were feeling good, you know. It wasn't over. You know, we, we understand how basketball works, but we felt good. Uh, when the second half came around, you all struggled a little bit to start the half. Uh, you know, what, what do you think that was? You know, was this kind of like, uh, nerves, or, or what, you know, what would you attribute that to, that struggling to start to have? Uh, I honestly just put it to it, like, we thought we was, we honestly thought we was going to blow them out because of the way the game was going. And they just came out, they came out here some tough shots. Uh, we had a couple defensive mistakes that they capitalized on. But honestly, I don't really feel like it was never a time where I felt like we were going to lose that game because... Big time players step up in big time games. And I feel like all 13 of us could be big time players in big time games at different moments. That's what make our team so special because, like, you don't know who night is going to be. It could be Jalen Gibson night. It could be Jalen Austin. It could be Mines. It could be Isaac. It could be John Hicklin. It could be one of the freshmen. Like, this team is so gifted and talented that you don't really know who night is going to be. So, like, during that championship game, second half, I was just encouraging my teammates, like, just believe in yourself. And uh, Xavier Fennell, he really believed in himself because, like, he had a hard time at the free throw line. But at the same time, he just kept believing in himself. He came up and hit some big free throws. So, like, during that second half, it was pretty much just believing in yourself. That's why I really summed that second half up to be believing in yourself. Everybody believed that we could win, and that's why we won, because we all believed in each other. Right. And so you, you mentioned Isaac. Um... He injured his hand um, and was not able to play in that championship game. Uh, I, I'm sure that, you know, and there was a lot of talks that night about whether he was going to you know, have to have surgery. I think he ended up having surgery. I think it was about five hours long. So I'm sure you all were worried about him. But I, I'm pretty sure that when he was able to show up at the arena, that, that gave y'all a boost. Yeah, man, of course, man. I was my brother, man, so... Like when that happened, it kind of, like, it put me in a different mode, honestly. Like, 
it put me in that mode like there's no way I'm losing this like my brother here want to be out here so bad to be out here playing like he just loved playing basketball just like me like he's a gym rat he just loved being in the gym so I knew when he went down I went up to him I told him before the game at University for Virginia Union I told him like we're not losing this game we're gonna win this chip for you I told him that and the night after he got surgery I told him the same thing I sent him a text like told you like we gonna win this for you because I understand like it's a different pain you can't go out there and play the sport you love to play but at the same time we asked his brothers we gonna pick him up every time and that's what we did after I hit that shot like believe it or not like, I really hit that shot for Ozzy because like I knew in that predicament me or him would have did at any moment in that game we would have came up and stepped up and hit clutch shots like we do all year and honestly like people people don't really respect me and Ozzy like as a whole, as a duo in the backcourt, like, I feel like we should have been on the CIR uh, all tournament team and CIAA team for the year, all that uh, for the backcourt. But, you know, things work themselves out, and we honestly just keep showing people that we better than people that they put on the list, honestly. Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, that was actually a listener question uh, from my guy Keith. Uh, he said, how did it... You know, how did not making the All-CIAA backcourt two years in a row uh, motivate you? And you just talked about it a little bit, you know. But if you could expand on it. Yeah, every, once I figured out that I wasn't on it, once I seen the final list during the banquet, I actually, like, just put my head down. And I just talked to God. And I just pretty much told God, like, I'm going to show the world why I should be on this list. And I'm going to show on this tournament right here. So, like... Throughout that whole tournament, I was just like, I was just so focused and locked in because, like, I know how much work I put in. And then for them to, like, disrespect me, like, I shouldn't be on that list when there's people on the list that I didn't play against and I didn't kill them. It's just like, I'm like, right, I'm just about to show y'all some more. And I did, like, the right way I wanted to do it with, with my teammates also. Like, I didn't want to go out there and score 40 points. If I would have scored 40 points, that would have been cool and all, but... I really care about winning the game. Like, I care about seeing my teammates shine. I care about all that. Like, if one of my teammates do something good, I'm going to be the first person right there congratulating them. Like, so I'm just big on that. Like, honestly, like, me not making it, it put a chip on my shoulder during that whole tournament. Because it's like I knew for a fact I should have been up there. And the people that was up there, no disrespect to them, nothing. But I don't feel like they're better than me. But... It be politics, so like I just accept what come with it and just show everybody what I really can do when you get on the court. Because when you get on the court, it doesn't matter if you see our team or not. It's time to hoop. Like you gotta show people what you can do. So that was really my mindset: just go out there and show people what you can do. And that's something that my dad installed into me. Like no matter what, no no ranking, nothing matter once the ball roll out. It's just you and that person, and you gotta show people what you can do. Yeah, man, that's real. You know, life is is like that. Uh, we know there's people that have positions uh, and are undeserving, but it's kind of who they know, who they're associated with. But like you said, you you pretty much just got to let work talk. When you get on that court, you know, it don't matter what they said on, on those teams, you know, because you still got to go out there and win it. And you all did that. So, again, we want to talk a little bit about this this win that we got, 62 to 57. Once that clock hit zeros and you all were the CIAA champions, talk a little bit about how you felt. And then talk about the atmosphere at the arena. I mean, once the buzzer finally went off, like you probably seen in the video, 
I, I started crying because, like, I just felt like it was a relief. Like, we put in a lot of work all year. Like, people counted us out all year saying, like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't win it. So, like, it was, for me, it was on some, like, it was a little emotional, but, like, I was just so happy. Like, it was tears of joy because, like, we put in a lot of work that people didn't see. Like, every day we running in practice, we going to run on the track, waking up 6 o'clock in the morning. Like, other teams not doing that on a regular day basis. So, like, when it finally happened for us, like, it was just, like, I was happy. I was, like, happy for all of us. Like, we finally got to show everybody what we've been working hard for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw the video, and like you said, everybody was was so happy. You know, I was ecstatic as a as a fan, as a supporter of all of the guys, and uh, you know, I'm a diehard Ram, so it felt good seeing us win it again. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but today, I think it was today, Stephen A. Smith shouted out you all on uh, first take, and so yeah, so. But uh, I just want to ask you a couple more questions. Don't want to hold you too long. Let you enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, the next thing we're going to discuss is that talk about that game environment in C Game Center. You know, people that haven't never been there may not understand it. Uh, but from your perspective as an athlete, talk a little bit about how that that uh, environment is and how important it is. Uh, the C Game Center, man, that's that's a special place to be. Like, it's a lot of history behind it. So, of course, like, a lot of people don't want to, like, come see what it's about. But, like, if you never been there, it's something you just want to see, like, basketball games or, like, I wouldn't necessarily call them parties, but that's what it feel like. Because, like, it's never a quiet moment in the gym. Like, you want other team, the fans talking to you. Like, they being, like, they being in your head. And then just playing against Winston in general. Like, I feel like when everybody play Winston, like, that's the game they circle on their schedule. So honestly, like coming and see Game Center, you gotta really be built for that. Like if you're not built for that, it's honestly, it's honestly like a bad place for you because like you gonna you gonna get swallowed up in there. Yeah, man, our fans, <laughs> they don't hold back. I mean, they really do. They go at they go at players. They especially that front row t- uh, terror squad. Uh, so yeah, that that see Game Center environment, like you said, it's it's crazy. You gotta go to a game if you've never been, um, and check it out. So uh, one of my last two questions is, what would be some advice you would give to some athletes uh, that may be in middle school or maybe even in ninth or 10th grade and aspire to play college uh, basketball? Oh, man, advice I'd give to any college, I mean, any high school or middle school student, just, like, stay down and keep working. Like, just because things don't look like they're going to pan out for you right now, like, God working mysterious ways, like, you can't have zero offers a day and wake up tomorrow and have a hundred offers. It's just like you gotta keep believing in yourself, keep working, stay prayed up, and just believe in God that God can change things for you. If you feel like you're in a predicament you wanna get out of, like the only thing you gotta do is just keep working and keep God first. And most important, just believe in yourself no matter what. Like don't ever put no doubt, let nobody tell you that you can't do something. Just believe in yourself and keep working. That's pretty much you will find a way to wherever you try and get to go, wherever you try to go. Yeah, man, I agree with that 100%. One thing that I say is you can't pray and worry. Uh, so if you're gonna pray, you gotta, you know, believe what you're praying for is gonna come to pass. And uh, and like you said though, but you gotta work. You can't you can't pray and then you know be sitting around laying in the bed, not not actually putting in the work. And you gotta give something God something to you know work from. 
So that's a real advice you gave to all the athletes. And the last question that I want to ask is how's it playing for Coach Hill? We know that Coach Cleo Hill is, uh, you know, he came from basketball royalty, especially Winston-Salem State. I mean, his dad uh, was was a legend in Winston-Salem State. He ended up being a legendary basketball player altogether. So what is Coach Hill like? Uh, you know, what's his coaching style? And, you know, just how is it playing for him? I mean, Coach Hill, he's he's not your average coach. I'll let you know that right now. Like, Coach Hill, he's a very attentive guy. Like, he pay attention to a little, little thing. Like, things that you probably think, like, nobody's going to watch me do this or nobody's going to care if I do this. He's the type of coach, he look at those things, and, and that's how he that's how he tell how type of, what type of person you are. Like, honestly, like, talking to Coach Hill, he gives you a different look, not only on the basketball court, but at life, because, like, he gonna tell you how to do it with the court, and then he gonna tell you how it's gonna be when you get in the real world. Honestly, like he want the best for everybody. Though that's one thing I can say with Coach Hill. Like he want the best for everybody, and he believe in helping people. Like you can you can do something to Coach Hill, or something happen, and he'll be mad at you. But at the end of the day, if anybody calling him or like need some advice about you, he gonna like he gonna help you out. He gonna tell people like. He's a great kid. Like, Coach Hill is just a great person in general. And all the history behind him, I just want to keep on building on to his legacy. Like, right now, we're about to go into a national tournament. So, I, I feel like this team right here, we can actually make a good run in it and actually get Coach Hill some, even some more fame out there because like, I feel like he deserves it. He really loves all his kids, his players, and everybody in the community. Like, Coach Hill is just a genuine person. But, I mean, as far as coaching, like, he don't, he's really like a hard coach. Like, he gonna get on you, he gonna tell you, like, you playing trash, like, you need to do something. Like, what are you doing? Like, he gonna let you know everything about you, but at the end of the day, he's wanting the best for you. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, got a chance to interview Coach Hill on our platform. Uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, and like you said, I, I could just tell that he's, uh, he's, he's a firm, but he's a fair coach. Um, and you know he, you can just tell he's a very solid uh, individual. So I'm happy for his success. And you all, as a general, uh, as you know, I'm a supporter. Uh, so anything I can do, uh, let me know. But I appreciate you again for taking time to come on the show. And good luck in the national uh, tournament. Like you said, you know, we rooting for you. Thank you for having me here, man. Appreciate that too. Yes, sir. So we'll be in contact. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on the show. No problem. T- take care. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Samaj Till, WSSU guard, NCAA champion. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up the show soon, but before we do, I got to get you know I got to do my rough rant. That's a topic that's been rubbing me the wrong way. I feel strongly about, and so we're going to do that momentarily. But again, please make sure that you're following us on social media uh, and telling you know a friend, family member of yours that is a sports fan about our show. Um, it's every Tuesday, 6 to 7 p.m. on 105.1 Live. And so, the rough rant for the week. We got Alabama guard Brandon Miller. Now, I don't know. You know, you may or may not know who that is. But Brandon Miller is, again, a basketball player for Alabama University. Um, and he was involved <laughs> in, in something that's not good at all. He was involved in a murder case. I mean, so he has a, a teammate who is no longer on the team. 
that ended up going to a party or something. And Brandon decided he wasn't going to stay. He decided to leave the party. And uh, it was said that he got a text message or a call from his teammate saying to bring him his peace. Well, you know, all of the seasoned folks that listen to this show know what the peace is. Uh, and so Brandon ended up taking his teammate a gun uh, to an altercation. And uh, Jamia Janae Harris, who was 23 years of age, was killed on the strip in T Tuscaloosa on January the 15th. Uh, Darius Miles had confronted Harris and her boyfriend before an argument erupted in the gunfire. So again, Brandon Miller, he did not pull the trigger, but he took a gun to his friend. And this is my main problem with the situation. If your friend is asking you for a gun, he's not asking you for a gun because he want to clean it. He, you know, he wants you to bring it to him so he can clean it or take a picture with it. He, he's looking to do something with that weapon. And so why would you put yourself in that predicament to take a weapon to your teammate at the time and put yourself in harm's way? Uh, it, it's just it's just careless. It, it's just ridiculous. And then the main, the even worse thing about it is he has a, a celebration or a introduction that he does in games where he has them pat him down. He has somebody pat him down as if, you know, as they're checking to make sure he don't have a weapon or something. And for you to continue to do that, that introduction after somebody lost their life as a result of your teammate or your friend, that's just very distasteful. Uh, I was very disappointed in seeing that from him. Um, and it's just, like I said, it's just very disappointing. It's very uh, thoughtless. Uh, you just have to be a smarter man. And like I said, this is a guy who is, can play. Brandon Miller is going to be a pro. Um, and so he's got to figure out how to disassociate himself from people that will put themselves in harm's way because y'all are going on two different paths. You are on the way to have a generational wealth that can take care of your family now and your family that's not even uh, born currently. So it was very disappointing that he was involved in this all together and to continue to do that introduction was, was very uh, insensitive and unacceptable. And the last thing I would say, Alabama should have suspended him at least a game or two just to, you know, send a message that that's unacceptable. You know, we know that you were not in the uh, incident. You didn't pull to shoot the gun or whatever the case may be. But you took the gun to your teammate. And like I said, we all know that if somebody asks you to bring you them their gun, it's a reason why. And so Alabama dropped the ball by not suspending him at least a game or two to send a message that this is not okay. And it will not be accepted or tolerated. So that is a rough rant for the week. Uh, that will conclude today's show. Again, I, t I appreciate everybody that took the chance to listen to this live or whether you're listening to the replay. Uh, again, we'll be back at the same time, same place next week, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on 105.1 Live. Tell all your friends and families that are avid sports fans to uh, contact me also for an ad spot if you are somebody who is an entrepreneur that is looking to have your business promoted or shouted out on the show uh, make sure to contact me via email at cruff2310 at yahoo.com again cruff2310 at yahoo.com i appreciate everybody that listened to the show this week and we'll see you back here next week
105 Live. Hip-hop and R&B lives right, right, right here.